Welcome to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us as Deb talks with her guests, experts in their fields, as they share real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about helping business owners learn how to use tools to help them better their business and be successful. And we're kicking off the new year. 2017 in great style with a way cool guest. In fact, <clears throat> he is a rock star. So please allow me to welcome and please welcome David Fisher to the program. Hello, hello. Well, we'll explain what rock star we will, we in will. a moment for everybody. But for people who really haven't heard of you, I don't know why, but we'll, um, let me give your bio. So David J.P. Fisher, better known as D. Fish, is a speaker, coach, and best-selling author of Networking in the 21st Century, Why Your Network Sucks and What to Do About It. Building on 20 years of experience as an entrepreneur and sales professional, he combines nuanced strategy and real-world tactics to help professionals become more efficient, effective, and happy. He helps professionals understand the new landscape of hyper-connected selling, where social media, networking, and old-school sales and communication skills are the key to building personal influence and creating human connections. <clears throat> he lives in Evanston, Illinois, next to a huge cemetery, which helps him appreciate the values of every day. So welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Sorry, I had a frog in my throat there for a moment. No worries. So first of all, David, explain the rock star part. Well, uh, about 11 years ago, I went out on my own for the first time as a uh, coach and a professional speaker. And uh, before that, I had spent years playing in a band, uh, wanted to be a real rock star, and uh, realized that that wasn't really going to happen. It's, it's a pretty uh, hard road. And yeah. so uh, I had to transition a little bit, but I realized that everybody wants to be a rock star in some way, shape, or form, right? We, we want to be on, on some sort of stage, even if that's obviously just a metaphorical one. And right. so I was like, you know what? I'm going to call my company Rockstar Consulting. Uh, kind of also uh, has a little bit uh, of my vibe. Some people were mm -hmm. asked, they were like, well, what if you know Rockstar pushes people away? And I'm like, I don't want to talk. They, they're not going to like right. talking to me. If right. That's not what they if like. They're wanting Mr. Mellow. That's not you. Exactly. Exactly. So that's so how it came about. And, you know, for, uh, gosh, almost 11 years now, we've been uh, teaching people to become rock stars in their lives, which has been a lot of cool. fun. Great. And you do that in a lot of ways through teaching people how to effectively network. I do. And I, I got your book. Again, the title is Networking in the 21st Century, Why Your Network Sucks and What to Do About It. And I have a confession. I haven't made it all the way through. <laughs> uh, I'll forgive you. I'll forgive you. Okay. Okay. But I promise I will. And, you know, we really want to encourage readers to, to, uh, um, to you know, we want to encourage our business owners out there to get the book because it's a great book. Thank you. So why did you decide to write a book? Well, the genesis of, of the first one, and there's actually six books now in that series, right. um, was I had spent years uh, building my business through networking. In fact, uh, ever since I started uh, Rockstar, all of my business has come through either networking or referrals. Okay. And one of the things that I, I ended up doing was running a lot of networking events because, uh, to be very straightforward, they were usually in the morning. Mm -hmm. And uh, two things were happening. One was... <laughs> I chose Rockstar because at that point in my life as well, I wasn't good at waking up early. So <laughs> I, I would go and offer, and I was a professional speaker and I, I did mm -hmm. this for a living. So I would offer my services to uh, the people running these various events for chambers of commerce and right. stuff because it would make me be there on time and awake. <laughs> I love it. And uh, so, But what I would do is I'd start creating these tips and people just loved them. I'd give like these short messages and, and you know, I was doing a bunch of learning and I realized that, the relationships we have are really one of the, the main indicators of our professional success. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, people hate networking, which is this huge irony. Um, right. You know, you can ask somebody if they think networking is important for their career and they'll go, oh yeah. And you go, are, are you doing it? Do you like it? Are you good at it? Are you spending time there? And they go, oh no, no. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Mm -hmm. 
And um, so I just, I thought there was a place to take all of kind of what I had learned, um, not only from kind of a practical standpoint, because there is always great practical tools out there, but uh, Mm -hmm. in doing some research, I found there were some real reasons why we're bad at networking. I love that in the book. And thank you. And it's not to like tell people that networking is not important, but it's to say, hey, there's reasons why you've struggled. There's now mm-hmm. ways past those struggles. Let's actually look to um, to take advantage of the opportunities that are available to us. Because as the economy changes, as the, the world changes, the, the ability to create re- relationships uh, for business, I would argue, is more important than ever. Right. And so that's kind of how we got to, to have in the book. Mm-hmm. Well, and... You know, I, as I mentioned, I've started the book and I love the fact that you talk about that the idea, the concept, the research that shows that, you know, we may think that bigger and better is what we should go for in our network, but genetically we're not made up to do that. So tell us why. Exactly. We're just not designed to be power networkers. Um, Mm -hmm. There's some really interesting research that shows uh, the average person can maintain about 150 relationships at any given time. It's called Dunbar's number. Um, Actually, uh, if you know, you've ever come across the book, The Tipping Point, you know, Malcolm Gladwell's Mm -hmm. famous book, Mm -hmm. he talks about the number 150 and its power. Uh, But of course, you know, we know a lot more people than that. But just as far as who we can kind of have in our inner sphere. It's, it's a relatively small number. Mm-hmm. The problem is research also shows uh, that most of the opportunities that come through networking are actually not from the people we know well. Um, right. The, the most famous example of this is a guy named Mark Granovetter who did a lot of the groundbreaking work here. And he found that most of the opportunity comes through what he calls a weak connection. The people that we know, but we don't see all the time, right? Somebody we went mm-hmm. to school with, maybe somebody in your your business community that you see at a, an event every six months or so. And what it really keys us into is the idea that we we think inherently that networking opportunities come from people who are close to us and want us to succeed, who who right. have have our best interest at heart. But the reality is they know the same information that we do. They don't have new mm-hmm. opportunities for us. It's right. really they might be in the same industry. I mean, you know, technically they might be your competitors. Yeah, absolutely. The the great opportunities really come from the people who have some interest in helping you, right? You've got some relationship, but they mm-hmm. spend most of their time in different industries, in different spheres of knowledge and influence. Mm-hmm. And again, it's these tangential conversations. You know, you think about how do you get a job? How do you find a new client? It's it's not from your best friend. It's from right. somebody that, you know, you're at a school reunion. You haven't talked to them for three years and they go, Mm -hmm. Oh, you're a, you run a graphic design company. Hey, I was, you know, just talking to, you know, one of my neighbors about the fact that he needs somebody like that. Let, let me introduce you. Mm -hmm. You and, and, and I love that concept because we stress over it so much because we think that we have to make all these great connections and, and, and we put so much pressure on ourselves that then when it doesn't work, we just go, we need I can't, I can't do this anymore. So it's, it really is a very good concept to keep in mind. Right. And it also, I think this is what causes most people to really dislike networking because mm-hmm. we have the wrong image of it. We think we do have to, again, be that person at the networking event passing out 30 or 40 business cards and just kind of right. um, being really smarmy. Uh, not, we don't want to be that person. Yeah. The, Hi, how are you? Here's how I can help you today. Right, right. And at the same time, though, We've struggled because we think that um, we we should get opportunities from the people that are in our sphere of influence at 150, and we don't. And we go, oh, this doesn't work. Why should mm-hmm. I spend time on it? Maybe I'm just horrible at this. Maybe I'm shy. Maybe I'm just, you know, I don't have the personality, or this maybe doesn't really work. And then we just give up. Right. And 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 so I think one of the reasons I wrote the book was to try to explain, you know, hey, it's not your fault. There's reasons behind this. And if we know why you're struggling, we also then can see a path forward. Right. And, and that's then what we kind of talk about when we look at the, the practical ways of being more effective with networking. Mm-hmm. Well, and you know, you've mentioned that 150 number, and I've heard it before in another concept in that you know, if, if, you're, if, you're marry, if you're getting married or getting buried, 
about 150 people will know you well enough to come to your service. Yeah. And and it's probably you know, it's it's you know, and and I don't know if that's a result of Dunbar's study or if that was you know a different one. But again, that one fifty number is kind of that you know back to to Malcolm that tipping point. Um, you know we've we really know and and I mean that that does include family and you know the the people maybe that were your high school uh, classmates and your college roommates and all of those things. You know, one fifty and one fifty is actually a lot. You know, you mentioned in the book, try and write down a hundred and fifty names of somebody you know well, and you're probably not going to be able to do it. Um, you know, and and I mean, I'm my husband is one of nine, and even if I start including all of that family, I'm not going to come up with a hundred and fifty people. Sure, and, and we're we're all on a, a scale, right, or a spectrum. Some people, some of us mm-hmm. know more, some of us know less. Um, and it's the, I don't think that you necessarily have to know a hundred and fifty really well they're, they're, these right. aren't necessarily your best friends but they're people mm-hmm. that you're kind of actively engaged right you see them every week at at whatever or you work with them or absolutely and mm-hmm. and i think we also um lose and gain relationships in life oh definitely and that's actually okay and one of the points i make uh, especially is that that's a natural part of our brain's process of opening up new um you know, neural pathways, let's right. say, mm-hmm. you know, when you're in high school, you have close relationships with all of your friends, you know, mm-hmm. for, for people like me, where high school is definitely far in the rear view mirror, all of those high school relationships are now just kind of in one bucket in my mind called right. high school friend, mm-hmm. because that, that allows me to meet new people and to make yeah. new relationships. Mm-hmm. You follow on Facebook, you have fun when you get together, but that's it. Exactly. And one of the things I, I then talk about is, you know, social media. Um, one of the interesting things about it and people, there's obviously a lot of debate relate, uh, raging around, you know, how does social media help in business, social selling? Is it useful? Is it not useful? Blah, blah, blah. But one of the things that I really think is powerful in is that it helps us maintain contact with the, that those weak connections outside of the mm-hmm. 150 people we know well. Um, right. And it helps us maintain, again, a level of contact that we couldn't in the past. Mm-hmm. And it creates a lot more opportunities because of it. You know, if you have, let's just say, 500 LinkedIn connections, you're not best friends with all of them and you're not supposed right. to be. That's okay. No. Your brain can't handle that. I mean, that that really is the point. There's there's only so many things that your brain can, can process. And that's why there is a limit. Right. And, and just like we outsource our memory to Google, right? We don't have to mm-hmm. remember who's in right. a movie because I can just, mm-hmm. you know, go to IMDb or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The same thing, like with a, a let's say, call, stay with LinkedIn. We can have our, our close sphere of influence, but there's all these other people who we might be able to help in the future or vice versa. Mm-hmm. They can help us. And now we have a way of, as you said, outsourcing that relationship in some ways to the, to the, uh, to the cloud. Right. But we can stay in touch with them in a very light way. And then in mm-hmm. six months, when they have a post about something that's interesting to us or vice versa, we can re-engage and we start the conversation at a much higher level, right. farther along than if we have to start from scratch every time. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and, and, and I, I love, I really do like this concept of the weak connections. And, you know, it's, it's one of the things in a different way that I talk to people about because I tell them, you know, you always need to be watching what you're posting on Facebook because you don't know who's going to see it. Right. And you know, you might be talking about you hate your job or you know, you you drank all weekend or your affair, you know. Right. <laughs> um and and the person who sees it is maybe the husband of the person you're connected to and he might have been thinking, "Hey, I wanted to bring you in for an interview." And he sees that and goes, "Not so much." On the flip side, you know, you, you might be saying, you know, got this great marketing tip and, you know, all those very positive things. He sees that post and goes, oh, I really do need to bring this person in for an interview. Absolutely. I mean, one of the things that's definitely kind of a, a hot topic right now is the idea of personal brand, right? And the idea yes. of sharing that through social media. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we always had a personal brand even before the internet because right. all that is, is what do people think about you? Yeah. Yeah, if they say, tell me about David, you know, people are going to say, oh, he's a musician, he's a drummer, he's this, he's that, you know, whether they know you on social media or not. Right. But now we actually have this this platform where people are um, going out and trying to find information about us 
proactively, mm -hmm. right? I tell this people all the time about a LinkedIn profile, whether or not you love or hate social media, people are going to go research you, right? Yes. Um, and so you have to be able to take these tools and share the message that you want to share, right? Mm -hmm. You can't make somebody think about you a certain way, right? but you can help influence it. Yeah. You, you can direct that impression. Exactly. You know, and you know, whether it's, it's LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook. I mean, I share with people all the time. I, I talk about social media. I talk about social selling. I don't post a lot on Facebook and there's very mm -hmm. specific reasons why, <laughs> um, because I want to manage how people think about me. Right. Um, and, and I think that's, that's really important for people to realize that they now have this tool to, to share, you know, their, their outlook and mm -hmm. they should hopefully do it in a positive way versus right. the negative. Right. You know, and, and, and Facebook, good and bad, really has, in, in a lot of ways, become the platform for the oversharing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's, it's funny. I did a post, you know, not long ago that said, you know, all I want for Christmas is to not see a political post today. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and, and that really is, you know, and, it, and I mean, in, in, on one hand, I actually was glad to see that so many people got so passionate about the presidential election on both sides. Sure. You know, because most of the time, you know, we, we all know nobody goes and votes, you know, that the person who is elected is elected by a minority, uh, you know, because, you know, yeah. just not enough people go and vote. So it was nice to see that people were involved and they were engaged. Were they researching? <clears throat> Maybe not so much, um, you know, and, and, but it also was one of those things where, Every day, you know, I'm still seeing people. I saw, you know, saw a post today that said, I was going through my Christmas list and discovered how many friends I have lost because of the election. And, you know, and, and it was like, you know, and, and maybe the, the people posting were being devil's advocate. Maybe they just thought it was a funny post. I mean, all these various things. But, you know, it's you have to watch what people are going to think about your posts. Absolutely. One of the things that I think will be very interesting and you know looking back at 2016 now is I, I think 2016 will be one of the years where we really start to examine how technology um, especially social media platforms have really um, what we're doing with them I guess is the best way of saying it because right. something I tell to people all the time is we are in the midst of an evolution right I mean this mm -hmm. is when when you know I, I'm crazy enough to have kids and then you know maybe grandkids in the future um, I'll tell them like, oh, hey, we used to <laughs> we used to for our entertainment, sit down in front of our television at a specific time every yes. week and mm -hmm. watch a specific show. By the way, that we had no uh, input into what was happening. There's no interaction. Mm -hmm. We just watched whatever commercials they had, you know, put on, whether or not mm -hmm. it was relevant. To and me. you had to watch. And you them. had to. Right. That, that'll blow their minds. And, you know, it's it's we're we're in the midst of this. Uh, evolution. I'd say we're probably halfway through. So I think we're going to look back and go, hey, was it was it good that people were passionately engaged, even though maybe they didn't vote? Like what? what right. Or is it always good to let our id out online? Mm -hmm. Right. Um, right. And th there's, I think, a lot of fallout from that. Mm -hmm. But maybe that's very fallout. Start examining where we spend our time, we share, we don't, how we use these tools um, a little more intelligently, um, mm -hmm. you know, which I, I know people would see Facebook and intelligent use as kind of a oxymoron. Um, but th th they're not going away, right? right? None of these platforms are going to go away. It's not like the billion people on Facebook are going to stop using it or the 400 million people on LinkedIn are all going to close their accounts. Mm -hmm. But I'd love to see us be a much more thoughtful in not only how we, how we, engage with it, but how we, um, kind of digest it, uh, mm -hmm. and, and, and listen to what other people are saying, but right. that's a tangent that we could go on for right. another couple well, hours. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You know, and, and, and of course people can post whatever they want. I mean, we're, we're certainly not saying that you just always have to keep in mind the ramifications. Um, you know, and, and if you want to be that devil's advocate and be posting things that, you know, maybe you don't agree with, but think it's great to have that discussion or funny to have that discussion or, or whatever. Just keep in mind. I mean, the part of the problem is 
we don't see it a lot of times in context. I mean, you know, sure. I, I have people who have commented on posts that I did several years ago. Now, that's just weird. Why in the heck are they looking back two years? But, you know, that's that's there. Um, And then the other thing is, you know, they, they don't know. Were we posting being funny? Were we, you know... Uh, were we posting after we'd had maybe one too many adult beverages right. or we were just cranky or, you know, all of those things? Because it's, you know, I, I tell people don't post something that you wouldn't say face to face to someone. Yep. You know, all these people that call people names on social media, you know, and, and all of those various things. And, you know, and, and we seem to think that the, the computer monitor is, you know, it's yes, it's a screen, but we think it's a screen protecting us. And so we can do what we want and, and say what we want. And, uh, you know, that's that's not the case. I mean, look at people who have lost their jobs because of posts that they have done or, um, you know, not even had the opportunities. I teach a lot of, of classes on how to use social media if you're in the job market. And one of the things I tell people is, you know, somebody's review of you online is your first interview. You know, going in and actually talking to them is the second part, you know, because there's so many people that apply for jobs now that they're using social media review to weed people out, you know, and, and so if they saw the pictures and the posts that, you know, just weren't exactly what they were hoping to see, you're gone. You know, they're, they're on to the next candidate. Absolutely. I think what'll be really interesting, and this is my, my, uh, my attempt to, uh, do a little plug here. You know, my, my next book coming out is called Hyperconnected Selling. And it's cool. really interesting because I had a, I was talking to it with a friend and he goes, uh, apparently I wasn't being clear. He goes, oh, you're not teaching people how to be hyper-connected. You're teaching them that it is a hyper-connected world and I wish they do with it. And mm -hmm. that was exactly right. It's, you know, information <clears throat> is no longer at a premium like it was five right. or 10 years ago. It's a mm -hmm. commodity. Right. And so you have to actually think that just like uh, we would buy a, a television these days, right? You, you wouldn't buy a TV by walking into Best Buy and asking the salesperson, hey, what? Uh, tell me about all these TVs. Tell me which one I should buy. Mm -hmm. you, you go to Amazon, you go to you know, BestBuy.com, right. you look at the ratings, you look at the reviews, mm -hmm. you talk to your friends on social. That's what that process, that buying journey, we all mm -hmm. naturally understand now. But mm -hmm. everybody we interact with, whether it's a potential client, a potential employer, somebody who, who could do, do some sort of professional work with us, they're doing the same thing. Yes. Right? I mean, you have a, a friend who does a lot of work in personal branding. His name is Ryan Roten. And one of the things he does, he's like, go Google yourself like mm -hmm. right now. And, he, and he's like, you should do it all the time because it might right. change. And then set up Google alerts. Yeah. Cause people are doing mm -hmm. that to you, whether mm -hmm. you like it or not. And I guess that kind of gets to the point that we were talking about before is whether or not you want to be super engaged on an online, uh, in the online world, mm -hmm. you have to at least be present and control right. the message because if mm -hmm. you don't control it, somebody else will. You know, and, and it's especially important, you know, it, maybe you are in the job market, you know, look and see, Google yourself, what is an employer going to find, you know, and, and in this day and age, everything is there. You know, if you were, if you had a divorce, bankrupt, you know, and, and then of course there's the tricky thing. And I'm saying this to someone named David Fisher with somebody who has the same name. <laughs> <laughs> now there's only three of me out there, so it makes it a little bit easier but, you know, when, when you have a fairly common name, it's very easy for people to, you know, to get the wrong one or they don't even want to take the chance. Yep. There's a reason I either am David J.P. Fisher or D. Fish. And mm -hmm. it's pure branding because there's right. a lot of David Fishers, including mm -hmm. a uh, Undertaker on uh, Six Feet Under. So oh. If you remember the old, uh, I think it was an HBO yes. show. Uh -huh. Yeah. I think it was HBO, yeah. So, yeah, I got a lot of lot of jokes that year. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, you it really just kind of thing comes down to this idea of having to really take control mm -hmm. um, to a, a, a level that we never had to before. Right. Right. Um, and, and I think that's kind of frustrating to some people and scary or overwhelming to others, but mm -hmm. it's just, it's the world we live in. And in fact, if you can come to terms with it, there's so much power there. Cause what, you know, to your point, if you are looking for a job, um, what a great opportunity to make sure that the, top 10 things that come up on that first page of Google are, you know, a great LinkedIn profile or, you know, an article that you wrote in your industry 
or, you know, a newspaper article that references you or a blog post, you know, in your field that references you. Mm-hmm. Um, it takes a little more time, but man, there for those that figure it out, lots of opportunities. Right, right. Because for the most part, we don't go past page one on Google. I remember, you know, it wasn't that long ago when we were actually told 10 pages. You want to be on the first 10 pages of Google. <sighs> I'm doing good if I go to the second page. Yeah. You know, and, and if I go to the second page, more than likely I figured out I need better search terms. And so I fine tune it. I don't go any further than that. You know, it's, it's, and, and for the most part, nobody else is either, you know, they, you know, if they can't find you on those, now if they can't find you at all, that's not a bad thing, you know? And, and so, you know, that's, that's okay. But it's even better, obviously, if they find lots of good stuff. Well, and to your point, I think it's actually hard to not be found these days. I know. Something is going to be there. Something's there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and for me, if I Googled somebody and didn't find anything on them, I don't think I'd believe they existed. Right. Well, and, and obviously it would depend on why you're wanting to, to, to meet them. Absolutely. You know, assuming that you were doing. But, you know, yeah, you know, if it, especially if it's somebody you want to do business with. I want to find something out about them. You know, maybe it's that they belong to a chamber. You know, maybe that's where it pops up or that they won an award or, you know, things like that. But yeah, if there's nothing, it, it, it's it's like the tree in the forest. You know, if, if you're not on the internet, do you really exist? Right. Oh, I like that. I'm going to have to remember, or you can use that in one of your books. I will. I will. <laughs> with, with proper attribution, of course. Uh, but yeah, you know, we've, you know, as professionals, one of the biggest shifts was, it used to be that we would meet somebody, extend provisional trust, and then build a relationship with them. Right. So for, you know, it, it could be even a referral. Like I talked to a lot of business owners who are like, well, I only work by referral, so this is important. It's so critical. 20 years ago, it'd be like, oh, hey, Julie said I should call you. I will. I'll start a relationship with you. Mm-hmm. Now it, that's flipped. We do all of our research first. Before right. we decide to even reach out, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. it's like dating, right? It used to be, you meet somebody at a party, go, well, you seem normal. Um, mm-hmm. I like you. I'll take the time to go on a date with you. Mm-hmm. Now it's, well, I, I looked up your match.com profile right. and you know, chemistry.com or, you know, and it, oh, here's, you know, all the, uh, the, the different websites that, eh, okay, I guess I'll go out with you. Mm-hmm. I laughed at my, my wife on our, between our first and, and second date Googled me. And right. uh, luckily found, she, so she read my oh, blog. Good. found good stuff. Yeah, exactly, okay. right? Mm-hmm. But, but how, how, I mean, that's completely backwards mm-hmm. that are reversed from what we did 20 years ago. And right. that's, that's the world we live in. Right. Well, and you mentioned personal branding. What we're also looking for is consistency. You know, I want to see that this person is professional maybe in, 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 so maybe the same picture that they've used on all social media, you know, things like that. And, and you know, it's just like a business. If I'm looking at a business, I don't want to have their brochure in front of me and it says one thing and I go to their website and it says something else there, you know, you have to have consistency with what you're putting out there. One of the biggest mistakes I see Definitely like in the small business entrepreneurial world, but really for everybody is that idea of consistency. Mm -hmm. And the reason we get it wrong is that we forget that human beings are wired to be inconsistency uh, meters or like we see things that don't make sense. Mm -hmm. And the moment we, something doesn't make sense, we, we tune out. It's right. It's, but ding, 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 ding. it's like a movie. Like if something doesn't fit into a movie, all of a sudden your ability to suspend disbelief is gone. Cause you're right. like, that would and never you happen. Focus on that. You know, it's like, wait a minute. She had a different shirt on in the last scene. And this is, you know, and, and, and you do, you get so caught up in that, that you totally forget what else was going on. Yeah. And so, I mean, think about this. I tell this to people all the time. If you went to, to a, a meeting, a, a, a in-person networking event, and mm-hmm. you were going to convince people that you were the super successful person who deal deals with all these really high caliber clients and you're just the bomb. But, you know, you're 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 wearing a black suit with white socks. You know, mm-hmm. your cufflinks don't match your your uh, hair is all messed up. You smell a little right. funny. Mm-hmm. I will not believe you because your message is not consistent. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing online. Right. As you said, do I see the same thing over and over mm-hmm. again? Do I see the same message? Right. You know, and, and now the one place where I, you know, like for business, and it's funny, I'm, I'm currently redoing all of my headshots. So hello, breaking the rules right now. But um, for all of my business stuff, 
I have the same profile picture. My personal Facebook page, I have a different picture. And part of that is that way I know where I am and where I'm posting. You know, it's like, okay, which picture am I today? Right. But, you know, that does show that, hey, this is my personal space. Now, I'm never going to post anything that somebody is going to hopefully object to. You know, that's just not what I'm going to do. And and I always tell people, my mother looks at my Facebook page really every day. So, you know, I have to behave myself. <laughs> but, you know, I'm. It, it's just kind of my little subtle signal that, hey, this is a little bit, you're going to know a little bit more about me personally here. Exactly. One of the things that I'm actually talking about in the new, the new book is that even if we go into the, the online space, the digital world, human beings have not changed. We have not, right. we, we still look for the same cues. We still look for the same, um, I guess we're, we're fulfilling the same needs in our interactions. Mm-hmm. And so think about it. If you met me in, in person and I'm wearing a suit and tie, you'd think one thing, the moment I just loosen up that tie right at the end of the day, all of a sudden, the tone of our conversational shift, right? Because okay, right. let's be personal now. I'm relaxed. Mm-hmm. It's the, I love what you're, do, you're saying there. It's the exact same thing. We're going. Here's my professional world, but I, I'm obviously using a different photo. It's a little more relaxed. This is a different mm-hmm. venue, a different forum, and so the tone of our conversation is going to change. Right. You know, and and again, I still keep it professional. You know, and and now am I? You know, about the only thing that I would ever post that somebody might object, and somebody did one time. Um, I am a huge University of Colorado Buffalo fan. You know, and, and <laughs> nice. so I'm always posting stuff, and and I I actually, and it was one of those that you know, kind of, well, I kind of had one of those little online squabbles one time, and you know, my little voice in my head was saying, "Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! Stop it!" Yeah. Um, but you know, about about my buffaloes. And, you know, and, and, but it just goes to show that, you know, maybe it's not a political passion, maybe it is sports or, or something like that. But, um, you know, and, and I live in Atlanta and I still post about, you know, the Broncos and, you know, but I'm still doing it. Oh, I know, I know, you know, but I'm still doing it in a respectful way. Um, now this, you know, this, this season that the Falcons beat the Broncos, so I really couldn't, you know, couldn't gloat, but, uh, you know, it's, it is something where, it comes back to if you would see that person face to face, would you say that? And and I think that maybe is is what's gotten lost in a lot of the, the online communications. Exactly. And by the way, I'm a uh, I grew up in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, so I am oh. I'm a a Packers fan. I've lived in Chicago for the last <gasps> twenty years. Mason Crosby. So yeah. So if you want to talk about <laughs> you want to talk, talk about not putting stuff on uh, social media. Um, you know, uh, the, you know, your, your favorite sports team. I definitely am quiet oh, yeah. some years. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think you're, you're right on the money where we've not really grabbed hold of the fact that there's a way of saying, um, saying things in a way that's authentic to us, mm-hmm. but is not intentionally offensive, right? right. Offending people when you really boil, it boils down to it the way they're going to perceive it. Right. So mm-hmm. I've said things that are, like, I don't even understand how they find them offensive, but people do. And I'm like, well, right. that's you. I mean, I, yeah, we were, t- that's not what I intended, but yeah, you know, and, and I'll, and I'll apologize for the way they've taken it. But mm-hmm. as long as I've been authentic to, to myself, and I've also not been intentional in trying to be hurtful or hateful, right. right. That's, that's on them. So I'll give you an example. I run a podcast, uh, which you might know called Beer, Beats, and Business, where I get to bring on people that I I love talking to, and we talk about business, we talk about sales, networking, entrepreneurship, we talk about music, and we talk about beer. And I love beer. I love craft beer. It's it's kind of a hobby of mine. Uh-huh. Um, but I know not everybody does, right? And mm-hmm. you know, so not everybody's necessarily going to kind of jive with with me talking about beer, and that's okay. I don't want to force my th- opinions on them and I'm not going to, right. but also, you know, I got to be authentic. You know, that's, I, mm-hmm. I, I, I come from Irish and German stock. I enjoy a good mm-hmm. beer, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so definitely you, you got to find that, that good balance, uh, of, of being yourself and, and being mm-hmm. respectful to others. And I think if, as we kind of navigate the, the social media world, again, we're so new to this that eventually we'll, we'll kind of get some etiquette around it, which we're still, I think, struggling right. for. Well, and the cool thing about your podcast is right in the title, people get a, a good idea of what it's about. 
So, you know, if for you know, whatever reason they're not a beer aficionado, they don't like alcohol, whatever it is, then they might think, mm, maybe not something I want to listen to. And, and so instead they might go read your blog for, for tips there. And that's really what it's all about is kind of setting those expectations to start with. Exactly. And I think you bring up a good point where um, my goal as a content producer, whether it's through a podcast, you mentioned my blog, all my books, I want to make uh, the information I have available to people in the way they want to digest it, right? Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, I was talking to somebody years ago about Twitter and LinkedIn and Facebook and which site's better or whatever. I'm like, well, there's sites that I spend a lot of time on and some that I don't, but I'm going to put my information out on all these platforms because maybe I'm not a, a big Twitter person, but somebody who I'd like to interact with is, I want to make it convenient for them and easy for mm -hmm. them. And, uh, you know, the podcast was just, it's kind of a newer uh, platform for me, but it's, it's been a lot of fun and it's been a great way for me to uh, do something uh, that's really exciting, which is create content collaboratively, kind of like we're doing mm -hmm. right now, right? Right, I mean, that, right. That's, and I, I think that, again, as we do this more and more, this, these are all new platforms. We're mm -hmm. going to kind of figure out how to, to use them effectively, not only for ourselves and, and, and uh, you know, our path uh, you know, of development in our careers and our personal lives, but again, I think we're going to kind of get some ideas of how to do this respectfully Mm -hmm. in, in a broader world, in a world where there's lots of ideas, a lot of them are very different and we can't hide anymore behind, you know, mm -hmm. a, um, a, a lack of engagement because we're going to be engaging with everybody a lot more. Right. right. And if we try and hide, what's going to happen is we're going to get lost in the business world. Oh, absolutely. You know, right. I, I, yeah, exactly. You know, and it's funny because you mentioned being respectful and, you know, setting guidelines and letting people know, you know, what your authentic personality is like. There is someone, and I've actually stopped following her on the various social media sites because part of her authenticity is she swears like a sailor. Um, and I mean, it's, it's actually kind of humorous, the, the, <laughs> you know, but, but that is what she is, you know, what she does and what she says. And, and she said, you know, that's just her. She's, she said, she's tried to change. She's tried to be more, and I'm putting this in my air quotes, professional, but she actually, she said, you know, it just was so not her. And she also realizes that that really does limit a lot of who she's going to do business with. Um, but you know, she said that's it, it. She would much prefer to kind of weed them out to start with by, you know, they, they read her Facebook posts, they read her blog and they see that, you know, she's just one of those salty sailor type of, of people. And she said, you know, so then she's working with people who know what she's like at the very start, as opposed to, you know, we get halfway through a client relationship and we're thinking, uh, this is not working. Right. There's 7 billion people on the face of the planet. You don't have to make mm -hmm. all of them like you to right. be successful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I, I think, I think that's a great example. I, I've, that this idea of being, you know, professional, right, is right. is is a really slippery concept, right? Professional mm -hmm. to one person is not professional to another. Right. And mm -hmm. in your your example, I think it's it's great to be self aware that you're going to limit um, some of your opportunities if you're going to swear mm -hmm. like a sailor. But hey, at least you're like that's fine. I'm aware that right. I'm going to, you know, have these limits, but I'm going to be a lot more happy. And mm -hmm. hey, that's fantastic. Right. That's the goal. And we do that anyway. You know, we limit people uh, who we work with and, and who may want to work with us based on a lot of times it's some superficial things. You know, maybe we, we read their Facebook posts and we think, wow, you know, this is a great family person and, and my family is very important to me. So this is someone I want to work with. Or the opposite, maybe they're a young millennial and I'm thinking, I would have nothing in common with them. So maybe not a good, good thing, you know, and, 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 you know, it's, it's all about when, and we, we talked about this earlier in the program, getting to know, like, and trust people. And so that's, you know, that's where it comes in. And so it's not a bad thing. And we absolutely have to be authentic to ourselves. Exactly. And I, I think the idea of, um, know, like, and trust, right. We, we really do like, and, and trust people that are like, us. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I think one of our goals on, on social media, and this isn't really a natural human tendency. So maybe this is one of the things that we're, we're looking to do it, mm -hmm. human beings. We, we can find 
a reason why we're like just about anybody. Mm-hmm. But we can also find a reason why we're unlike just about anybody. Right. And I think one of the the opportunities that we have is to remember that everybody is very multidimensional. There's a lot of complexity to each. Like we realize that we're complex, right? Mm-hmm. And that we're nuanced and we can sometimes even have competing opinions or beliefs or, you know, we're mm-hmm. working with something, but we often don't give other people that same credit, right? Right. You know, so you see mm-hmm. that Facebook post, and you're like, oh, you believe that? You're not like me at all. I can't do business right. with you versus, mm-hmm. oh, okay, that's a little different. Mm-hmm. But that's all right. I, you're still a good person. Sure. And maybe it'd be worth having a conversation with you. Absolutely. I, I mm-hmm. mean, I uh, one of the things that I've been very fortunate about is in my career, I've had a chance to to work with lots of different people, travel around the country speaking and doing all this kind of great stuff. And it one of the reasons why I love it is because I meet people with vastly different opinions than I do. And mm-hmm. the number of really interesting conversations I've had at breakfasts, at conferences, right, where I'm the speaker. And so I'm just, you know, getting to know somebody. And, I, you know, they're, I, I'm from, you know, Chicago in the Midwest and, you know, a big city. And I meet, I was just having a conversation uh, a couple of weeks ago with a guy from Birmingham, Alabama. Ah. I mean, and it was just a, a great conversation. But obviously, mm-hmm. we had some very different takes on things. Right. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, okay, cool. And, and I think that the more we can, as individuals, um, work to have a broad scope of people that we're willing to interact with and give the benefit of the doubt to um, mm-hmm. before we start a conversation, we're going to find that we have those connections. And that's that's where right. the opportunities, I find, really come from, both mm-hmm. for personal yeah. and professional growth. Well, and you know, I think some of the best relationships that I have had, whether it's business, whether it's personal have sometimes been with people who are so very different and you know it's it's and but the the key is that we're always very respectful you know we're making sure that you know maybe i say a and they say z but there's m that's in the middle mm-hmm. or it's okay for me to be a and them to be z maybe it reinforces my a but also maybe it moves me more towards their you know them and maybe i move them more towards me i mean you know it's it 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 really does come back to that be respectful part yeah and you know that's definitely uh, a narrative that's in in the public consciousness a lot right now, especially mm-hmm. with you know looking back oh, at yeah, 2016. Oh yeah, the recent elections. Oi! <laughs> and, but I, but I I think that even the election itself and in the conversation that we have uh, mm-hmm. a, around all these topics points out to <coughs> excuse me, <laughs> and this is not even a business issue, but just you know how do we manage. Um, a world, you know, I, I, I referenced, I'm writing a book called hyperconnected selling. And mm-hmm. I had a friend who was like, Oh, so you're not teaching people how to be hyperconnected. We're already there. Right. And mm-hmm. you know, that's never going to change. So we have to, you know, understand that polarization and demonization of the other doesn't work in mm-hmm. a world where we are basically one click away from anybody. Right. right. And, and again, huge opportunities there. I think I'm I'm hopeful for the human race mm-hmm. that we figure mm-hmm. this out, but right. it'll it'll yeah. take some time. It will, and you know, toes will get stepped on, and feelings will get hurt, and you know, but we'll also grow. And I think that's probably the the important thing. Yeah, and I mean, especially you know, the beginning of the year, everybody kind of uses this as that time to to reassess and and mm-hmm. and have some some goals for what they'd like to see in the future. And I, right. I I'd love to see more and more people go, Hey, I want to be able to go into public forums and, you know, be authentic to who I am and and be confident who I am, but also be able to respect differences of opinions. Uh, One, just because I think that's a good human thing to do. But also, Mm -hmm. I mean, if we want to like dive back into the idea of business, you know, all the networking research shows that the people that are very successful are the ones that can bridge networks, Right. Mm-hmm. And bridging networks is all about being able to be in, in your kind of little niche of the world, but all right. being able to understand a different niche and going, hey, let's find some some connection here. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that is what your books are about. And I, and I love that because it, it is about making those connections and building those bridges and and remembering that we're we're always networking, you know, maybe you are, you know, you've, you've obviously got your, your personal interests. So, you know, it's, it's church, it's a book club, it's whatever, but those are also great business opportunities and your business opportunities might be a good place to say, Hey, would you like to be a part of my book club or, you know, come visit my church or, or things like that. And, and it is about kind of 
making all of those things match together. Well, I think we're we're really starting to see with um, social media, especially this fallacy that our business and personal lives were different. Right. Mm-hmm. There's this this image in our heads or I, I think really in our culture that, well, there's, you know, professional world over here. Right. In one bubble mm-hmm. and, and right. the personal world in this bubble over here and never the two shall meet. Mm-hmm. And it was never like that, you know. Right. And, and, and I think that uh, if anything, the the conversation I would always have with people, they're like, well, who do I connect with on Facebook and who do I connect with on LinkedIn? Right. Because they were like, well, I'm going to keep one personal and one right. professional. Uh-huh. And you're like, well, OK, well, what about that client? I, I, who uh, you've known for 10 years and you hang out and you, you talk mm-hmm. about their family and your family, or again, what about mm-hmm. your brother-in-law who you got a job right at your right. work? Mm-hmm. And, and I think that the more we can be aware that, as you said, every opportunity is um, that, uh, excuse me, every time we're interacting socially with another person, it's a quote unquote networking opportunity, right? It's mm-hmm. not just this activity that we do at a chamber of commerce event or a conference, you know, uh, cocktail reception. It's just about engaging with people in our, in our day-to-day lives. Mm-hmm. And you're right. That might be at your book club and you're like, Oh wait, you know, you have a, a job opportunity at your work. I'm actually looking for, for a new position. Let's talk. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, I mean, just, just last night I was, uh, spending time, uh, with a good friend of mine who is also my accountant and who also used to be a coaching client of mine 10 years ago, right? right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and it's blossomed into a really great friendship. And I'm, I'm really glad that he's in my life. He's a great guy. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think as we remove these barriers of what um, has to be or what should be, I think some really cool things happen. Mm-hmm. Well, and I always find it interesting when people tell me that, that they use Facebook just for personal use. And, you know, and, and, and obviously they can use it however they want. I mean, you know, there's, there's no rules, Sure. but, but it's right. There are so many overlaps. And so that's when you, know, maybe if they're posting something controversial, it's like, well, okay, well, you know, do, do you really know who's out there? And I think that tends to be the problem sometimes is, you know, they might think that it's their personal space, but it's not, you know, your, your personal friend might be the the spouse of somebody you have a job interview with. You might not even know that. Right. Or you know, or they might have been the person who was going to refer you to a new potential client and they're thinking maybe not so much. And you know, and, and so you can still use it for personal use, obviously. But just always be aware of there might be ramifications. Right. It's the idea of the public versus personal spheres and mm-hmm. and really I I think something that's a big challenge is people think of uh, Facebook as an example. Well, I'm sitting at home on my couch on my mobile phone. So this is obviously Mm -hmm. a personal space because they haven't physically gone somewhere with a bunch of people there. Right. But, but that's just not how it works. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, the moment you go online, it is a public space with all the ramifications and consequences. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, I was referencing um, an article I wrote about, using or sharing political thoughts. And this was, that came Mm -hmm. out in the middle of last year. And Mm -hmm. somebody wrote back to me and they're like, oh, you you should have, you know, free speech and, you know, it's the first amendment, right? You can say whatever you want. And I wrote back and I was like, dude, you can say whatever you want. And I am a firm, firm believer in that. Yeah. But there's still some legal, a little bit of legal ramifications, but you know, so 99% of the time you can say what you want. Right. But no, I do also believe that with every right becomes a, there comes a responsibility, right? And if you're going to say something, you have to accept the consequences of it. Mm-hmm. They might be positive consequences, but they also might be negative. Right. And most people, unfortunately, are not really good at thinking through the consequences mm-hmm. right. of what they say. And, and right now, we have a, a tool that's making people look in the mirror and go, oh, my gosh, when I say something, you know, I actually have to own it forever. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and, and we've certainly seen examples and these, you know, these happen over and over and over again where someone thought it was private and it turns out it wasn't. Um, you know, obviously we've seen a lot of court cases where someone has been, I hate to use the word, sexting, you know, and then oopsie daisy, they find out that that person was 14 years old or, you know, all these variety of things. And, and they're thinking, but it was just on my phone. It should have been private. It's not, you know, and, and I always tell people, the people who like Facebook 
the most are the lawyers and police officers, and especially lawyers, because people are posting stuff that they shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some of my favorite stories are the people who, you know, they filed, say, um, an accident claim. And then they're posting a picture of themselves water skiing on Facebook. And, you know, and the attorney finds it. Oops, there goes their case. You know, and and so, you know, and, and in the terms of service of all these various sites, it says these are public websites. Yep. And, you know, even like we said, when you're texting, that is still, you know, if you're if you're using it in a way that is illegal or can be used against you. Hello. They can get to it. You know, it's it's it comes back to that. I mean, you know, shoot they still wiretap phones um you know and and so it's just kind of one of those things where if you don't want it out there don't put it out there absolutely i when in doubt don't is what i tell people right Right. (laughs) and 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 it's not to to scare people away there's there's still a lot of amazing uses for these sites i mean heck i'm on Mm -hmm. linkedin every day i use it for work it's fantastic Mm -hmm. um but it does it does require a level of again, forethought or awareness that I think a lot of people aren't used to, which mm-hmm. is scary um, right. for for the, the average user, but it, it's going to be so necessary. Like I tell people all the time, do you pay anything for Facebook? And they go, no. And I go, yeah, because you're the product. So be very, it's a public site. Mm-hmm. That's tr- yeah. it's, they're not, they're not there just for the heck of it. So be mm-hmm. very wary of what you're doing and who you're doing it with. Just mm-hmm. like my mom used to say when I was growing up. Hang around good people. Yeah. You know, and, and that that ends up being the key because it is something that, you know, there's there's that saying that you are the five people you hang around with. Right. Um, and it doesn't matter if that's in person or on Facebook, you know, or on Twitter, LinkedIn, Snapchat, you know, blogging, whatever. And, and even if that's not you, so maybe you've got, say, some old high school friends that you communicate with fairly often, you know, people who are reading those communications, you know, it, it does, and, and plus it it starts to color your view, you know, if, if, say, they're very negative people, you can be as happy and as upbeat as possible, but it does, you know, if, if you're only around negative people, pretty soon you're going to start trending towards being negative yourself. Oh, absolutely. I, 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 when I work with individuals, I often, especially around social media and, and using it for business, I always start by asking what their goals are. You know, what right. are you trying to accomplish? And from that point, we're able to go, well, here's how you should spend your time. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, a interesting book I read called Mindful Tech. And I, I, I forget who the author is. I have, I have a review on my site. But it was basically this, uh, this guy wrote a book and he was like, well, why don't you actually be in control of your technology versus vice versa. Like you don't have Mm -hmm. to, you actually don't have to be on Facebook. You don't have to jump every time an email comes in. And what's Mm -hmm. really interesting is when people walk through this process, they, and they start using um, these tools as tools. It's, it's much more freeing. I mean, I, Mm -hmm. I, I work with this, you know, topic a lot. I'm, I'm online a lot, but you know, gosh, I probably only spend, 15 to 20 minutes a day on average on LinkedIn, right? There might be right. days where I'm doing a lot of work on it, but some days I'm just doing a quick scroll through talking to, you know, see what mm-hmm. my network's mm-hmm. doing and, and that's it. Um, you know, I, 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 we don't have to spend hours a day on these sites, um, right. especially when we're looking at business. If you want to do that in your personal time, that's just how you want to like unwind. That's cool. But mm-hmm. I think for us as professionals, um, we have to be very cognizant of what we're trying to accomplish with these tools. Right. Right. Well, and then of course there's the squirrel factor, you know, I can, I have Facebook open almost all the time, but if I'm really trying to focus and trying to concentrate, it gets turned off, you know, and, 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 you know, and, and in the evenings, you know, or, you know, at dinner, I love the concept now of people who, you know, say they're going out for a, a business lunch. The first person who answers their phone or texts or does whatever has to treat. Yeah. You know, and, and because, you know, it really wasn't that long ago. I'm not that old that I'm, you know, talking about the dark ages here where we survive perfectly well without all of these things. Oh, yeah. Perfectly well. I, and, you know, we we had different tools. We, we called people. We had email. We had in-person business meetings. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're right. We we we're perfectly successful without them. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's a great reminder. Again, how do we use these tools to help? 
and not hurt us. You know, I, I mean, you're brave. I actually personally myself, and I tell other people, it's like, don't have any of these sites open Mm -hmm. unless you need, like, unless you're going to actively go and talk to them because you're right. Mm -hmm. You can all of a sudden, 20 minutes later, you're watching kitten videos and you're like, how did I get here again? And, and what was I doing before then? That's always the trick is getting back to business. Right. Right. I mean, the research shows it takes 20 minutes to, to get engaged, uh, Mm -hmm. with a, a subject uh, after you, your attention gets pulled away. So if mm-hmm. you're continually pulling your attention everywhere, it's, it's a mess. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and, and I love talking about this because, you know, this, we are, you know, doing this program right after the first of the year. And so maybe it is kind of one of those new year's resolutions for, for folks. And, and I can't believe I'm saying this to limit your use of tech, you know, and, and, but maybe more importantly to think, you know, as you said, think about how we're using it and make sure that it is in, you know, if it's, if it's during the day while you are working, are you using the tools for business? You know, and, and all of those things, it's it's always interesting when I'm on Facebook and it's telling me, you know, who else is online and I'm thinking, aren't they supposed to be at work? (laughs) And for one thing, if I'm thinking that, there's other people thinking that too. So, you know, just keep those things in mind. Exactly. And I almost think it's not a matter of saying I'm going to limit my use of tech um, because none of us like being limited. But right. I, I like what you said there. It's, it's not about limiting. It's about going, well, what, what am I doing with it? Um, mm-hmm. So it's a positive versus a negative, right? right? And it could very well be that you think, okay, well, I've been spending 30 minutes a day on Facebook. Maybe I need to spend 25 of those minutes on LinkedIn, you know, and, and so it's, you know, it's, it's kind of, maybe it's reprioritizing or finding a totally different thing or, you know, there's all sorts of different ways that you can reprioritize things. Yeah. One, one suggestion I often give people, and this is, um, it's from a really good book, uh, the book, oh crap, I'm not, I'm totally blank on the title. It's the habit. It's a book about habits. Um, it's got a yellow Uh, cover. Just uh-huh. seven daily habits or, oh. of highly successful people. Or no, something no, like. no. It's it's more it's recent. One. It's more recent. Okay. It's like the book of ha- uh, book of habits or something. I don't know. I'll have to figure it out. But anyways, this guy talks about how most habits are really triggers. Right. Like there's some that trigger us, and then we have to go and do something for a certain reward. Mm-hmm. Um, what I found happens a lot is that we use something like Facebook or. YouTube or um, Instagram as a kind of to that squirrel thing. It's like Mm -hmm. almost like a release valve or it's like a bad habit. Mm -hmm. So what Mm -hmm. I I often do, and I did it for myself. I used to be like horrible with, uh, with YouTube videos. I just go on and for like, I'll take a quick break. And then like, you know, half an hour later, but I'd ask myself like, what is my state of mind right before I, you know, pull up Facebook before I pull Mm -hmm. up YouTube and like, what is the trigger? You know, Mm -hmm. and when I was able to identify that, then I could go, oh, you know, it's usually I've been working on something, you know, maybe doing some writing or, you know, on a project for, you know, a good Mm -hmm. half an hour, 45 minutes, hour. My brain's a little tired and I need to, I need to just like, oh, take a break. Right. Mm -hmm. But once I realized that, then I was like, okay, so what are some better ways of taking a five or 10 minute break Mm -hmm. that will only be five or 10 minutes Mm -hmm. versus a half an hour? Right. Well, and you know, it's it, we used to get up and walk around, go to the water cooler. You know, if 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 you were a smoker, you stepped outside to smoke. And so, you know, we've always had those kind of mental breaks, but it's just a matter of making them productive and useful. Yeah, and and back you know back before all this, you're right. We had people that just hung around the water cooler all day, and we mm-hmm. knew those people who everybody knew who they yeah. were, mm-hmm. and, and the boss knew. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and so I, I think the, the challenge we have is that activity is now so much easier and it's addictive, right? I mean, there, the, mm-hmm. Facebook has people that pay a lot of money trying to figure out how to keep you on the site. Mm-hmm. So you have to go, okay, I'm going to find a not as addictive right. way of really, you know, ha- ha- taking that five or 10 minutes to relax. Mm-hmm. Yep, and, definitely. And that's where the power I think comes in. Mm-hmm. Well, holy cow, we have 
chatted for an hour and this has been so much fun. Um, so before we go though, David, tell people how they find your information because again, you have a podcast called Beer, Beats and Business. You've got your books. Tell people where they find you, where they buy your books, all that good stuff. Sure thing. The the best place to find me is my uh, kind of headquarters online, davidjpfisher.com. Uh, that's where I got all of my writing. You can find information about my books, which are the Networking in the 21st Century uh, series. Those are available on Amazon through uh, Kindle, print, and audio uh, versions. And uh, my podcast, Beer, Beats, and Business. You can find us at beerbeatsandbusiness.com. And if you ever want to just reach out, uh, I am on Twitter, dfishrockstar. Would love to chat. Perfect. Perfect. Well, thank you so much. And I am sure that we will chat again. Love your books. Um, can't wait to delve into them more because you do have the ones that are specific for some people and technology. So that's going to be very cool. Um, again, the books are networking in the 21st century. So folks, make sure you check those out. So David, thank you so much. And to everyone out there, have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us next time for more real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.